got his own, fellas. And you know what that means. Amen. We're going anyways. Exodus 34 today, Exodus chapter number 34. We want to give you a simple thought that the Lord's put on our hearts and just try to be a blessing to you in these moments we've got together. And good to see you again. I hope I hope y'all don't get, I, I worry that y'all going to get tired of seeing me or hearing me or something. Uh, but y'all love on me every time I'm here. So my goodness, I wish everybody had what y'all had. And of course, of course, I'm not here every week though. So that's, that's, a, uh, that's probably why you love me so much. Anyway, yeah, small doses, small doses. That's right. I appreciate Pastor Josh letting me come in. I don't ever take it lightly, no matter whose pulpit I'm in, but to be so close and to be so kind as he is, I never want to take that for granted, and I'm glad for God's goodness today. Exodus actually 33, Exodus chapter 33, let's stand together across the house as we look in the Word of God, and I'll give you this simple thought that God's put on our hearts today. Exodus chapter 33, and you pray for our voice and body, got a little tickle in our throat, I'm not sick, don't worry about none of that, I've done had all that mess, but he's scooting away, my goodness, you can't can't say nothing like that. I probably shouldn't have said anything. Anyway, nothing a little water can't cure and a little, little hacking preaching. But Exodus chapter number 33, verse number 11, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people. Thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me, yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here? that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, and I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy and he said thou canst not see my face for there shall no man see me and live and the Lord said behold there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a Clipped to the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. Let's pray and ask God's help together today. Father in Jesus name thank you again for your goodness and your mercy and your amazing grace Lord we know that in ourselves there's nothing of any eternal value that we could muster up or work up or do anything that would bring you glory or honor or would say
save a sinner or would help a saint at all. But Father, for a little bit, if you'd do the work in hearts, if you'd speak, and if you'd bless, and if you'd put your hand, oh God, and would you continually work as you already have been in making us and conforming us into your image. Have your will and way today. Do great and mighty things. Father, continually work this year. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another year. And we look forward to what you're going to do if you don't come this year. Help us, oh God, to keep our eyes set on you. Help us to keep our hearts in love with you. We need you and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your amazing grace. Have your way today. In Jesus' name we ask with much thanksgiving. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing as we've read and prayed together today. Exodus chapter number 33. You know that this is the inner as I have jumped into the middle of this chapter. You know where we're at here. A lot of folks understand that Moses of course was one of the most used men of God in your Bible. Matter of fact, he was the Pharisee's favorite man to quote. Hey, but anyways, but here's what's pitiful. They didn't really understand all that Moses understood because if they'd understood what Moses understood, they wouldn't have acted like they were acting. They would have loved Jesus when he showed up. But anyway, that's another message for another time. But you know the nation of Israel, Brother Caden, they've come out of Egypt. God's brought them out by the blood of the Lamb and by the way of the Red Sea. What a beautiful picture of our salvation by the grace of God. He's brought us out, separated us from what was behind and he's marching us towards a promised land. Hey friend, I'm glad I'm somebody going somewhere and I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. I'm glad for it. It's still a reality. It's still real. Hey, heaven's real. Hell's real. The Christian life is real. God's real. And it's still worth serving Jesus. God's brought them up. God's blessed them. God's given them everything they need to serve. Here's what I love. Before they left out of Egypt, he gave them, Brother Richie, you think about this a little while. He gave them everything they needed to serve him in the wilderness before they ever got out of Egypt. How about that right there? Hey, when God saved your soul, you know what he did? He gave you everything you ever need to serve him and live for him in this wicked day. Oh my, you say what happened through their journeys? Well, they faced battles, sure they did. They got ambushed by Amalek. They had all kinds of problems in the way. God proved them. He tested them. He took them to Meribah. He took them to places where they'd have to depend on him. And oh, isn't that like the Christian life? He walks us through them places, some dry and some good. And he grows us and he helps us and he leads us and he guides. And all the way they were getting used to walking walking with God and then they get out there and God said hold up right here at this mountain I want Moses to come up here and I'm going to give him some scripture I'm going to give him some definite laws so that you're going to know how to live and how not to live by the way I'm glad for a God that wants me to know how to live my life I don't have to wonder about it I don't have to try to feel my way through it but I've got the word of God even so wonderfully complete now that I can lean on live on and believe in this day. No, oh, my soul. 
They get to the mountain. God calls Moses upon the mountain and he begins to speak with him. He's there 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God, fasting and praying. In the pre- I mean, what a wonderful time it must have been being there face to face, talking, being, hearing, and understanding what God wanted for his life. But you know what happened while he was up there, down there at the foot of the mountain, Aaron's still down there. And the rest of those fellows are still down, the nation of Israel was down there and they're saying hey there's a problem he's coming he ain't come down in a while he's gone up there and I don't know if he's coming back down or not so they got a committee together and they began to vote on it and they said hey Aaron how about you make us a God so we can win. you know what he did he took that gold and all that stuff and he, he well that's the excuse he gave Moses but they put it in the fire and brought it out and molded it and made it into a golden calf hey you say what in the world you say what is that well that's their failure to wait I'll give you my message just a minute but let me get the introduction out of the way there's their failure to wait on God you say why is that such a big deal hey you know what I found in my life one of the greatest things God's ever let me live in my Christian experience is waiting on him and walking with him and loving him and just because hey Moses ain't come off the mountain yet does not mean I'm supposed to go haywire while I'm waiting down here in this land. Hey, young people, don't you get crossways with God during your waiting season. Hey, you young families, don't you get crossways with God while you're waiting on God to direct your life. Hey, you older ones, don't you get crossways with God. Hey, but wait, I say on the Lord. The greatest lessons God's ever taught me in my life that have made the greatest impact on me, Brother Caden, have been those when God has put me in a state of waiting. By the way, waiting does not assume laziness. Waiting assumes laboring where you are at the moment. Blessed be God for the waiting periods of life. There they are. Moses knew full well waiting more than the children of Israel did. He knew God, you know he knew God's will for his life when he was a young man growing up. He got to 40 years old and he thought that the Israelites would have understood when he killed that Egyptian how he was supposed to lead them out but it wasn't time yet. There was another 40 years had to train. He knew more than they ever would about waiting on God. But you know what I found out? A failure to wait always produces false worship because that's what it did. You know what they did? They didn't want to wait on God or God's man so they got down there and they began to to figure out their own way of worshiping. They wanted a God that they could see and touch and feel and look. They wanted somebody that they, they wanted something that could be before. You know what this generation is having trouble with? Brother Richie, they don't want to wait on God to fix them and send a lot of, a lot of preachers are that way. We get up and we thank God. He's just going to let us go out straight out of the barrel. That's not always the case. I'm glad for the men he does that for. But it's never been that way in my life or ministry. God grows me slow. And God help us that our branches never reach farther than our roots go deep. Hey, I'm telling you, they did not want to wait on God. And it produced a false worship in their life. Oh, my, my, my. What I'm finding in my own life. And I, you know when I've had the trouble in my life, 
Brother Tony, you know what I'm finding in my own life when I don't want to wait on him? That's when stuff starts going wrong. That's when my life starts turning. You know why? Because he's trying to put the brakes on because he's got me where he wants me for the time being. Oh my, it produced a false worship. You say, why is our general? You know, they, my soul. And they, you know what that false worship produced, don't you? This is one of them things. I, everywhere, they, they produced an idol. Out of that, God help us, we are living in the day of idols. Hey, you say, well, we're not making golden calves. No, but we've made everything else with our hands. And we're bowing down to everything we can create and educate and do. I'm telling you, friend, we are in desperate need. Hey, to wait on God, it produced false worship. But here they are. They went from false worship to fervent wickedness. Everywhere you find idolatry, you find immorality. And they had bowed down, they, eat, they ate and they drank and they rose up to play. And I don't have to go into definitions like that in mixed company. It was wicked and it's vile. It was like Baal worship, Astaroth worship or any of that other mess. You say, where in the world did they learn? That was Egypt's worship. That was the old worship. I'm going to tell you what happens when we get antsy and don't want to wait on him. We began looking around and we say, hey, I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to make this decision. And then we come to find out that it begins to open up not only doors of idolatry, but it begins to open up doors of awful, evil wickedness in our life. Oh my, how dangerous it is when we fail to wait upon our Lord. But here they are. Hey, you know what happened? Moses comes down. You know what, God, God, while they were on the mountain, God said, Moses, and God was upset about it because God knew what was going on. He was there with Moses and joined, but he said, Moses, the people that you brought out of Egypt, he said, they've already corrupted themselves and they turned aside quickly out of the way which I've commanded them to go in. And they're already down there living. He comes off the mountain and Moses sees what's going on. He's got the, ten, the first set of Ten Commandments, the original copy of the Ten Commandments in his house. Oh my goodness. There he is carrying it down and he sees what's going on. And he sees how they turned aside and it bothered him. And I believe it broke his heart. Hey, there's nothing, nobody more hurt than some Somebody with a broken heart and he acted out of anger and he took and threw it. You know what? You know why? Because they had already. There's no point in him even telling them what he had, what God had put on them stones. Because they were already gone the wrong way. He said, I'm done. Hey, my soul. Hey, he gets down there. They make atonement. Hey, there was some death went on down there. There was some mourning went on. There were some situations that had to be situated just right when they got down there. But that wasn't, hey, by the way, you you better thank God for a man of God like Moses that'll stand between the wrath of God and the people of God and say, Lord, I know they failed and I know they messed up, but God, don't you let anybody else hear that you've forsaken them or killed them or turned them out. I'm glad for everyone that stood in my life and said, Lord, they don't always do right, but God, would you be merciful and God, don't forget them and God, blot my name out of Oh, that's the heart of that shepherd now. Saying, I'd rather, I'd rather lose my own life. I'd rather die in this wilderness than to go on, than for them to march. Oh, how awful. Oh, than for those poor sheep to be lost in that wilderness. Such is the heart of a shepherd. God help us 
in our day. If we're, you know what I found out? Even as an event, if I don't have that kind of heart, I'm not going to help anybody. I'm not going. I can't go in and kick the doors down, Brother Caden, and say this is how it's going to be. Oh no, no, no! I believe in Bible preaching, but I'm going to tell you something. If I don't love who I'm preaching to, I'm never going to help anybody from Dan to Beersheba. Hey, I'm telling you, friend, they messed up, but God made a way for them to get right. But here they are in these verses. I know that's a long, that's a big old foundation. Here's a little bitty house. Here they are in these verses in the last last part of this chapter. And Moses said unto the Lord, verse twelve: See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up that, this people. Thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me, yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I'll give thee rest. Look at verse 15, I'll give you my message. And he said unto him, this is Moses talking to God now, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. You say, what's he saying? After all that's been said and done in the last few chapters and after what's getting ready to transpire God's given a command and said get up and go. He is saying God, He's saying, Lord, I do not want to go another step if you're not going with us. And church, you know what we need to do right here on the first day of this year? We need to back ourselves up and set ourselves down and say, Lord if you're not going with us into the future. If you're not going to walk with me every step of the journey then I'm not going. Hey like the old songwriter says if Jesus goes with me I'll go anywhere. Hey but he said Lord if you're not going I have no desire to go any further down the road. And you know what I realized in these short verses? This is going to be real simple and I hope it helps you. But you know what's in these verses? He is saying pretty much over these few things that he mentions, there's going to have to be some definite things before they go any further down the road. And you know where we're at in our day? It's 2023. I might have to get used to saying that. Hey, here we are. It's a new year. Y'all are all tired and sleepy because you stayed up. I'm just kidding. Hey, but I'm going to tell you, friend, here we are and before we walk into another year, before we try to go further with God, before we see God do great and mighty things, there's going to have to be some things that transpire in our hearts and in our lives. And that's what I'm preaching just for a few more minutes this morning before we go any further. Follow along with us, number one, before we go any further, there needs to be the direction of an intimate walk. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Look back again. He begins to talk to him in verse 11. Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Then he goes on down through there talking. Moses is talking to him like a friend. He said, Lord, see thou sayest unto me, bring up this people. You say, what's going on? There is the, he's saying, I want that direction of God. He said, I want to know your way in verse 13. There is, you say, what in the world? The first thing you notice about Moses is his closeness to the Lord. Well, everybody knows Moses is close to God. He's God's man. He's got to be close to God. 
I'm so sick of that mentality. Dear night, well, the preacher can pray. and Anymore, it seems like the preacher's the only one that can pray and they're the only one that can do. I'm telling you, God will give you some insight if you'll walk with him, if you'll live for him, if you'll pray and have a consistent walk in the word of God. I'm telling you, God will show you things and God will tell you things. There's the dire- He said, before we go any further, God, I've got to have this direction of an end. He said, I'm close, but I want to stay close. He didn't back up. He didn't step aside. He wants to go further with God but he knows he must keep his closeness to the Lord oh my soul he had that wonderful closeness in his life and you say how did he do that he, and I know things are different I understand that but I'm going to tell you something friend he spent time in the presence of God in the Old Testament and if he can do that in the Old Testament every believer according to the book of Hebrews has the ability to march in with confidence into the throne room of grace and find grace and obtain mercy and get the help that we need I'm telling you friend this is say I hadn't been that close to God and I have trouble hearing from the Lord oh let this be the day that you decide you're not going any further until you get back in his presence and grow and continually go you say it's not always wonderful it's not always glorious it's not always prayer bells ringing and all that other stuff oh my it's not always meant to be it's not always meant to be glory but oh if you walk with him and if you stay close to him he'll begin to tell you things and show you things and help you in your time of need there's the closeness that he had but there's the concern that he failed oh my he said see thou sayest unto me bring up this people thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me yet thou hast said I know thee by name thou hast also found grace you know what was going on Moses had a promise but he was wanting a person oh my soul Mm. <laughs> Can I just remind you, child of God, we've got promises and a person. <laughs> Ever since I got saved, he put a Bible in my hand. And you know what he did? He put the Holy Spirit in my heart. He said, you're not going to tell me who's going with Hey, he's wanting God to go with him. And I'm glad to report to you today that you can have somebody with you on this journey. And hey, he was concerned. He wanted the presence. He wanted God. He needed it. He needed without God's presence there would be nothing good happening oh my I know this is so simple he said yet thou hast said oh verse 13 now therefore I pray that if I found grace in thy sight show me now thy way that I may know thee now hold on just a minute didn't Moses already know God on a deeper level than probably anybody else in his day yeah that's probably true he said, I may know thee that I might find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. There's the closest, there's the concern, but there's his consideration. He is calling God to a place of considering. He said, consider. You say, why was he saying that? Just a few verses earlier, they were going off into the worst kind of sin imaginable. They were breaking the heart of God. They were breaking the laws of God. They were breaking the heart of the man of God. And here he is saying, Lord, consider your people. 
Oh my soul. There, you know what I love about him? Every time you turn around, you see his heart. You see his heart. He bears his heart. God, help me in my days of ministry. In this life, never to grow hard-hearted and cold. And can, hey, I'm saying, in the busyness of it all, God, help us not to get hard towards the people of God. God, help us to love and be what we're supposed to be and in speak the truth in love. Moses was God's man going to tell him what God said no matter what. He was going to tell him exactly how it was, but he was going to do it with a tear in his eye and an ache in his heart because he knew that God had put him in that to tell them to consider oh my soul would we again consider that great consideration That's there's the direction of an intimate walk he wanted to know the way of God he talked with him face to face, had close conversation with him, and yet he wanted to go deeper with the Lord. He did not get satisfied, but he constantly wanted to go a little further and a little further and a little further. Throughout the New Testament, I'm reminded of those verses. He hath his way in the whirlwind, and he hath his way in the stormy seas. Hey, I'm reminded Moses was going to walk some dark pathways to find the way of God, but God was going to reveal it to him and give him some help I'm telling you church before we go any further we must have the direction of an intimate wall you say well God ain't telling me what I need to do about this or this or this well have you been walking with him I know it's practical and real simple but you can't just start something and expect you can't start a diet today and expect to lose 50 pounds by tomorrow morning it don't happen Oh, we in New Year's resolution. I hit a soft spot. I shouldn't have said that. Uh-oh. It'll be over by February. Your resolutions will be gone anyhow. Krispy Kreme will be back in town. <laughs> There's the direction of an intimate walk. Number two, there is the definite work of an insightful Lord. You say, what did he need? Look down through there again. He, verse 14, and he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. See, Moses wanted a person. He got a promise and now he's got both. And he said, My presence shall go with thee and I'll give thee rest. He said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not a pence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight and I know thee by name. You say, what's going on in these verses? In this definite work of an insightful Lord, Moses is continuing his conversation. Here in the presence of God, he gets a promise from God, and now here is this wonderful grace of God. Hey, matter of fact, I want you to see the grief before he goes any further. In verse number 15, he said, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses would, one man said this, in writing about these verses, he said, Moses would rather die in the wilderness and have that whole crowd die in the wilderness than for them to go another step out on end of that journey towards Canaan without God. Oh my soul, what good is a thousand miles of walking without the presence of God? What good is one step without the presence and the power of Almighty God? He said, God, if you're not going in the middle of us, he said, I know we're wicked and I know we're wrong, but God, if you don't go, then I am I'm not going. When was the last time you made up such a decision in your own heart and in your own mind? 
that without the presence of God, without His definite direction, and without a definite work from the Lord, without knowing what He, I'm telling you, friend, He knows what I don't know. He can see what I cannot see. And I'm glad I can lean on Him. And He said, I will not go without you, God. There's that grief, but then there's that conversation about grace. Oh my, I find it very interesting. Here's Moses talking, and I know that great favor that's talking, that unmerited favor. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people found grace. You know what Moses is doing, don't you? You hear a lot of repetitiveness in his praying. And that's not wrong, by the way. He is so enthralled. He is so attached to this prayer. He is so attached to this burden that he will not let it go until God comes through and gives him a definite. And he already gets part. He gets an answer. He says, "If he said, I'll go with you." And he said this, but he said he's he kept on and he kept on and he kept on. He said, "I've got to have grace in my side." He said, "Wherein shall it be known?" He said, "Lord, the reason, the way the world will know that we found." grace in your side is that you're with us and can I remind you friend oh my soul there is a world outside of these doors that needs to know that God is in here and in his people hey by the way he's dwelling in our tabernacle now he's living inside of us now and there's a world that needs to know Jesus saves and that Jesus can give grace and he's displayed grace hey I'm telling you friend what's the difference maker in us and them it is that grace of God that we didn't earn and didn't deserve and still don't deserve in our own merit but God who was rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us I'm telling you friend it's his grace that makes the difference oh his grief his grace but there is that goodness of God there it is again and he said oh man verse 17 and the Lord said unto Moses I will do this thing also that thou hast, there's a lot of preaching right there in that verse, that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Before I go any further, I know this is so simple, oh my soul, but can I just throw this out there just before I get on down the road? It's the simple things that cause me the most trouble sometimes anyway. But you know what I'm finding out? If I can just know, and I do know, and I hope you know today, that he knows me by name and that I found grace in his sight. I'm telling, by the way, it's not just for being saved. I'm glad when I was a sinner and I called on him, he showed me I was lost and I called on him and I found grace in his sight. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But I'm gonna say this, in this Christian experience, there's been times that I need to go to the throne of grace and find grace to help in time of need. And you know what I found every time I've went in? I found exactly what I asked for, exactly what I needed, and I found grace. that day, Definite work. You know what God's doing in that definite work? He's pouring grace all over that situation. You know what this year needs? We need some grace on situations and problems and prodigals and messes. We've got to have some grace in this day. Oh man. There is the direction of an insightful walk, the definite work of an insightful Lord, and lastly, there is the displayed wonder of an awesome God. Before he goes any further, Moses said, I'm not going anywhere until you give me some definite word. And then he goes a step further in verse 18. And he said, I beseech thee. That's that begging word. Show me thy glory. 
And he said, I will make my goodness to pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And I'll pause there for sake of time. But I want to remind you of this. Moses goes a step further in his praying, and he's wanting to be in the He's wanting to see. Hey, we know God's not going to share his glory with another. I understand that. But there's nothing wrong with seeing it every now and then. And you know what I really believe would make a big difference you know what made a difference in me as a young man you know what God did in me in those younger days is when I looked up and I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and I heard those seraphims begin to cry out holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory you know what this generation desperately needs they need to see and experience the glory you say that's mystical and that's this and that. No, it's Bible. Oh my, the splendor of the presence of God. The glow of the face. You know what happened when Moses came off the mountain? With that second round, his face was glowing so bright that they couldn't even look at him. They had to put a veil on his face from the time that he spent in the presence of God. Oh my, there's his desire. I love it. Look at the placement that God said. And the Lord said in verse 21, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. You say, what is this, God? Put him in the correct placement to show him the exact thing that he needed to see. I'm amazed at what God does in our life and how he can place us exactly where he wants us to show us exactly what he wants to do in our life. You say, did God give him divine revelation for every single step of the journey? No. Did God get up Did he every single day? Did Moses have the exact how many steps they were going to take and where they Oh, no, no, no. But you know what he had? He had the presence of God. He had an experience of the glory of God. Hey, hey, and he had the promises of the word of God. He knew what God had told him. And he was not backing down. And he got to see God's power on display. On song. You know what God was going to do? Miracles is what God was going to do. He was going to rain manna out of heaven every morning he was going to let quail come up and let them eat he was going to do great things and let their clothes last he was going to allow them to walk and take care of them every step of the journey it was going to be a life of miracles God had much to show them Moses knew that without his presence and without his power see here's the beautiful thing about it it was more than presence and power it was a person he said, and I will pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff to the rock and I will cover thee with a hand while I pass by. And I will take my hand, thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Brother, can you come on to the piano while I'm finishing this? Moses was going to lead for several more years after this point. He was going to intercede on several more occasions after this point. He was, and matter of fact, you, I, I hope you've seen this as we went through here. I about forgot to mention it. Every time Moses is interceding through these simple verses, Brother Richie, he is saying, I and me, show me thy glory. He's saying, I and thy peace. He's saying, I need this. I need this. You know what I'm finding out, Brother Josh, is that I need times like this. Before we get up and go down the road of life, 
before we go through this year, another year, no matter what it holds, we have got to get back in the presence of God. Amen. And we've got to see Him do mighty things. Go ahead, brother. Let's stand to our feet today. Our heads bowed. Our eyes are closed. I don't know about you, but I need His direction. I need a definite work.